Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and you know the drill by now. So, yes, once again, I want you all to listen up here and get a load of this. The old saying goes, hey, if you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but since I'm obliged to say something here, last night's football game over at MetLife Stadium was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. One giant-sized flop, plain and simple. So like I said, listen up now because you're really going to want to get a load of this. And when I say a giant size flop, I do indeed mean giant size flop. How the hell else can I describe describe a 40 to nothing thrashing from their arch rivals the Dallas Cowboys? Not just a 40 to nothing thrashing, a 40 to nothing thrashing on national TV at night, Sunday night football in your home stadium, MetLife Stadium. It was a thrashing. It was embarrassing. It was sickening to watch. The only good thing about it, really, if, if, you, if, if there's any good thing about it, if, if you're the most diehard Giants fan, If there's anything good to uh, to say about it, you can say no serious injuries except for ego pride and having your teeth and your guts kicked in because it was an embarrassing, ugly loss. Now, Now, listen, you and I, for as long as you're watching sports, I'm covering sports and watching it, we've seen lopsided wins, lopsided losses, ugly performances by the best of them. But when you have a stage and that stage is national TV on a Sunday night and and you're a team that made a lot of progress last year under a new head coach, Brian Dable, who I don't think is a good head coach. I think he's an excellent head coach. Uh, They make it into the playoffs in his first year. Under the, under the guidance of Dable and of his boss, GM, uh, Joe Shane. And, and to me, the, the Giants were going about their business all in the offseason and all through training camp the proper way. They weren't doing a whole lot of talking. There was quiet pride and confidence being built up. I do believe that they have a lot of talent on this team. I think this team can be very good. But, you know, you've heard me say it over and over again, coulda, woulda, shoulda, show me. And the only thing that they showed me last night at MetLife Stadium was a stinkeroo in every shape of form. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. The Giants were just horrible. And, and, you know... When I was down at the press conference afterwards, listening to Coach Dable talk, I was there last night, and somebody like insinuated, and Dable was pissed off. You could see the look in his face that there was a lack of effort. No, no, 
The guys didn't quit. There wasn't a lack of effort. They just stunk the joint out. And you might say, well, Russ, what's the difference? Big difference. They were horrible. And like Dable said, they were horrible all, all the way around. Players, coaches, everybody stunk. It was horrible. Horrible performance. But I didn't see guys quitting. I didn't see guys not trying. I just saw an awful, ugly performance that just snowballed into more ugliness as the game progressed. For crying out loud, the game started. Giants were looking good. Cowboys won the coin toss. They elected to get the ball to start the second half. So Giants were getting the ball. Uh, Kick goes through the end zone. They start at their own 25. And they move it very nicely behind Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Saquon looked quick, uh, you know, in the fir- on the drive. So they go from the 25 down to the 8-yard line of the Cowboys, v- moving very nice and methodically. A run here, a run there, a scramble here. And then you have 3rd and 2 at the 8-yard line. Now, at third and two at the eight-yard line in the first quarter in a scoreless game, the way the Giants were moving the ball, to me, that was two-down territory. That was going to be two downs for them to get the first down at third and two. So their all-world tackle, Andrew Thomas, gets called for a a false start. This is how momentum can shift on you in a finger snap. In a finger snap. So from third and two, the false start puts you at third and seven. Now it's a horse of a different color. Now it's not maybe a running play, maybe a pass play, maybe a little trickery. Now at third and seven, it's a pass play. So there's Daniel Jones in the shotgun. And with rookie John Michael Schmitz at center, it's a bad snap. What ends up, what ends up looking so good, ends up being a 45-yard field goal attempt. 45-yard field goal attempt, which with Graham Gano should be money in the bank. Instead, the field goal attempt gets blocked, gets run back for a touchdown, and just like that, like a finger snap, just like that, the momentum in your own building gets taken away, snuffed out, suffocated, just gets taken away, puff, disappears. Touchdown, Cowboys. But then the extra point is missed on this ugly, rainy night that it was. So it's 6-0. Okay? It's 6-0. They end up making it 9-0. Subsequently on a field goal. And then what happens? Giants get the ball again. Pass to Saquon Barkley. 
on a third and, and 19 at his own 16. Saquon gets hit, fumbles right into the arms of a Cowboys defender. Run back for a touchdown. Think about that. They scored two touchdowns, the first two touchdowns of the game, without their offense being on the field. Without their offense being on the field. That's how ugly a performance that was. It was terrible. And then it was just one of those where it snowballed out of hand. It, It was just ugly. And, 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 you know, I don't know what everybody's going to say. I don't know what everybody's going to write. People were shaking their hands because I don't think anybody really believed what they were seeing. Because I was sitting in the press box and I, I know what I was hearing. Like, like people were scratching their heads like, how the hell can this be happening? Now, you know, then you get... I know what you're going to get and you'll get from some fans. Well, here we go again. So they didn't close the cap on a da- gap on the Dallas Cowboys. Yada, yada, yada. But it be, but about, but a boop. They're still far away. How are you going to compete? How are you going to compete in this division? It was a bad, stinking, rotten game. As Brian Dable said, we stunk in every way. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. We got beaten every way. It was awful. Coaches, me, he's saying, the play, everybody. And personally, if if I'm Brian Dable, I'm not a head coach, I don't even spend time with a lot of the team looking. You want to forget this. You, you, you know, coaches, you, you need to learn from your mistakes whether you win or you lose. But it was such an ugly horse bleep game. Horse crap, manure, whatever you want to call it. I don't see any real good of showing us sitting together as a team, looking how bad we were. You want to build back up morale. You don't want to destroy morale. So that's that's what my suggestion would be. But th- there were a few things, you know, sticking in the game, this is when they were getting pounded. I mean, Daniel Jones was sacked seven times. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was saying to myself, I'm saying, and people around talking about it, the same thing. You know, why is Daniel Jones still in there? It's a rainy, crappy night. It's ugly. They're getting pounded. He sacked seven times. Why Why have Daniel Jones in there? I mean, I mean, the guy could get hurt. Then you're up the creek without a paddle. For the rest of the season. Now, if you you, you want to be a Weisenheimer, you might say, well, they were up the creek without a paddle last night. It was one game. But Daniel's your quarterback. So why have him in? And, and I was saying that to myself. Why have, have, have him in? And believe me, had Daniel Jones been hurt While this debacle was going on and he was still in a game, Dable would be roasted today. Roasted today. 
But early on, I, I was going to ask, or somebody beat me to it, early on, Dave was asked, do you ever have any thought of taking Daniel out of the game? And he said no. And he gave a straightforward, honest answer. When he, when he was asked, why not? Because I was trying to make something happen, something for people to feel good about. I understood that. I understood that. I don't know if I agreed, if, if I was in the same position that I would have kept him in. I Because I, I kept saying to myself, why is he still in there? But the way Dable explained it, he's trying to get something positive out of it. Because the only positive thing from a giant perspective that came out of last night was that nobody was hurt. But But I'll tell you, Another thing about Dable in this situation, and that's a good sign. You know, a coach who's worried about what everybody says or a coach who's going to criticize what everybody, what you say or what I say, if you're going to worry about what people are going to say about you, then you're not worth anything. So Brian Dable wasn't thinking about Ooh, what happens if the guy gets hurt and I, you know, then that going to kill me? No, and that would have been the case. But in all honesty, Dable answered he was just trying to make something happen. I wanted somebody to make a play, and that's to me what was frustrating because they were incapable of making plays last night. The offensive line was a major disappointment to me. I don't look. I've I've covered this theme all through the offseason, all through the OTAs, all through training camp. They're every day. I've seen it all. I, I think they got a lot of, there's a lot of potential. And in particular, I think there's a lot of potential on offense, especially in the, re- the receiving core. They, they've, Giants have gone about their business, not, not doing a lot of talking, just Flying under the radar, if you will. Well, you don't really fly under the radar, let me put it this way, in New York. But they they weren't doing a lot of talking, and quite frankly, with all the notor- all the talk that the, the, the Jets and Aaron Rodgers are uh, generating, they were going about their business quietly. And I ex- quite frankly, I expected a win last night. And if they were going to lose, I certainly didn't expect a 40 to nothing stink bomb, which is what you got on a rainy, miserable, awful night. And and what also bothered, I mean, the offensive line, which we kept talking about and hearing about improving, it was bad. When your quarterback is sacked seven times, and that's a mobile quarterback who can run. When he sacks seven times, something is bad wrong. But it wasn't just the offensive line. I'll, I'll tell you what. What bothered me also was the defensive line of the Giants that we've expected to be a whole lot better. And quite frankly, I didn't get to see it. I didn't see Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott under a whole lot of pressure. I thought he was footloose and fancy free back there. He could relax. So to me... That's what was terribly disappointing. So where did the Giants go from here? Listen, they got to travel out to Arizona. 
for a game with the Cardinals next Sunday, and then four days later, they're going to end up staying out, uh, out west because four days later, they have the unenviable task of going to Frisco to face a very good San Francisco 49ers team. So the Giants need to regroup very, very fast. Because 0-1, not so bad about 0-1. But then all of a sudden, if 0-1 goes to 0-2 and 0-3, then the, the, the collar gets tight, the hands get sweaty, everything else, you know what I'm talking about. Got to take care of business. You know, and I don't know if I've said this already, but to go and look at this tape, to me, you want to, you really, listen, you're always, you always want to learn from your mistakes, whether you win 40 to nothing or lose 40 to nothing. But you also want to build up morale again. And to watch this tape as with as a team together, I don't see any positive coming out of it. Let individual players learn from their ind- individual tapes or what have you. But as a team, you know you stunk to join out, so go do something about it. But that was as ugly as ugly can be. A major disappointment. A major, major disappointment. Like I said, the only good thing about it was it was game one. Uh, it was miserable. You want to be enthused after your opener, and there's nothing to be enthused about. I mean, to 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 lose like that. The the only mag- to me the only thing I can imagine as being a worse loss, forty nothing, is, is maybe if you lose that in a playoff game or a, a game you lose like that that eliminates you from a possible postseason uh, uh, berth. But. Uh, whether the sun comes out tomorrow, I don't know. It's still raining right now. But if the sun comes up, Giants need to make the sun come up. They need to regroup. And uh, that's up to the coaches and the players. Players got to show some pride. Players, you, you, know, you know, none of this ho-hum stuff. You know, Daniel Jones... Your quarterback, your captain, kept getting knocked on his ass, and I didn't see guys going out of the way to knock somebody else on their ass. I mean, I don't care if you go go get a penalty if you got to do that, but just show the other team you're not going to take any crap. We got to protect our quarterback. So to me, there was what to be disappointed about, but moving forward, well, that's what you just have to do. You need to move forward. Now, speaking of disappointments. Here I am last night at the Giants game, and I look at my phone and I see an update that the Martian, young 20-year-old Jason Dominguez, the young sensation who was called up, who, what, in seven games, I think has four home runs, he was scratched 15 minutes before yesterday's game with the Brewers. 
with inflammation in the elbow. So I didn't think anything of it. Okay, maybe he had some soreness. They wanted to be safe. Then I'm reading, I'm reading that he's got a torn UCL in his elbow that requires Tommy John surgery. Recovery is nine to 10 months for non-pitchers. He's a non-pitcher. Terrible, terrible news. Terrible news. I mean, that whole Yankee game was crazy because they were no hit into the 11th inning and they end up winning 4-3 in 13. But to me, that's a sidebar story. After this kid, You brought this kid up because you wanted to see the future. He represents the future. This kid who at, was signed and at 16 and given a $5.1 million bonus. The minute he, he stepped up, he was doing everything he would, they, you would have wanted him to do. Okay? Just really, really... You know, he, he was the whole thing. A 20-year-old center fielder. Switch hitter. And now he's pr- going to be done now. And pretty much you can bet on done for next year as well. Um... Can he make a full recovery? Sure he can. But you folks have heard me talk till I'm blue in the face about how things needed to change for the uh, for the uh, Yankees, how they needed to regroup, how they needed a complete change of philosophy, how they needed to get you new blood and young blood in, in the lineup. And here he was, batting third now. And now he's out. So it does two things to the Yankees. Number one, it tells them that they don't have Jason Dominguez. And number two, it tells them they need to go out and get somebody. Now, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, as much as I loved uh, Harrison Bader, I felt he was hurt too much and too inconsistent at the plate. So I suggested, this was before they brought up Dominguez, I suggested that rather than sign Harrison Bader, let Harrison Bader walk and go hard after Cody Bellinger, who's now with the Cubs, who's been rejuvenated, who's a year younger than than, uh, than Bader. I think he's 28. Left-handed guy, slugger with a good stroke, perfect for Yankee Stadium, could play center field and play first base. Well, let me tell you what. Cody Bellinger's asking price just went up. At least for the Yankees, it just went up. Because I was interested in the Yankees signing Bellinger without any injuries to uh, Dominguez or anybody else. But now with Dominguez down, who are you going to have playing center field? Now it's got to, you know, to me, does it have to be? Well, if it's not Cody Bellinger, tell me who it's going to be. But if it is Cody Bellinger, how much is Cody Bellinger going to want? And he could be wanting more now because maybe now he thinks he's got some leverage. And in fairness, he probably does have some leverage. So I think it's a very, 
I mean, I was sick when I saw this. I mean, when I tell you last night was one of the worst nights I had sports-wise in a while. I mean, yes, fortunately, nobody was killed. But, but. well, you could say the Giants were killed, but you know what I'm talking about. But it was a lousy Giants performance. And while this is going on, I got to read that this poor kid needs Tommy John surgery now, Jason Dominguez. So while you you wonder what's going to happen with the kid moving forward, and I think he'll be fine. You know, Bryce Hopper, I'm not saying the kid's Bryce Hopper, but Bryce Hopper, the Phillies, went through this. You know, there's always more question marks for a pitcher who needs Tommy John surgery. First of all, the recovery for a pitcher usually is about a year and a half. A good year anyway. But you have a young man and you were all excited about it. It gave the stadium a buzz. It gave the team a buzz. It gave him a feeling of youthful energy. You know, just feel good stuff. And this happens. When I read that, I was sick to my stomach. But, uh, you know, you're still in the business of baseball. And in the baseball, you, you got to put players in position. So who's going to be in that center field position? Like I said, I wanted Cody Bellinger. I still want Cody Bellinger. But now, business is business. And all of a sudden, who knows what an asking price is going to be. Lots of questions in a lot of places here for our teams moving forward. But right now, that, my friends, is a wrap on today's Get a Load of This. Now I like to be getting a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can do so on Twitter at Russ Salzberg. You can do it on Facebook. You can also check out my website at russsalzberg.com. Got to thank my home here at Believe.com because I tell you all the time, folks, Believe is the number one podcast network for professionals. But above all, got to thank you, the people out there, because without you, the people out there, I'd have nobody in here to be talking to. And again, let me please remind all of you, if you haven't done so already, please make sure that you and your friends and family download the Yes app. Because if you download the Yes app, you can watch my video podcast that comes out for Get a Load of This each and every Tuesday. It's the video portion. All you got to do is download the Yes app. And if you download it right now and you can watch it tomorrow, then you'll be able to watch me wrap up what happens in the Jets home opener. You know, against the Buffalo Bills with their new quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, at the helm. So like I say, download the Yes app so you too can watch me, Russ Salzberg, on Get a Load of This. But in the meantime, that is, as I said, a wrap right here. Thank you all for being part of it. Until next week, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to each and every one of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.